0: This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level.
1: Hello, traders, and welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. This is the show where we discuss markets, futures, forex, psychology, and all that other good stuff with the financial professionals who know them best. I'm Jack Pelzer. Still filling in, presumably, for the better host we'll have doing this by next month. Today, we'll kick things off with Mark Meadows' market reaction, and then Top Step senior performance coaches Dan Hodgman and John Hoagland will discuss what we can learn about market states from the incredible success of 32-time Jeopardy! champion James Holzhauer. For those who aren't familiar with Jeopardy! James, he's the guy who won nearly $2.5 million on the game show before being slain this past Monday by valiant University of Chicago librarian, Emma Botcher. traders, I'm an unabashed Jeopardy! superfan. In fact, back when I was 12 years old, I made it to the final round of auditions for Parent Child Jeopardy! playing with my mom. Thankfully, the good folks at Sony Studios never ended up filming that Parent Child Jeopardy! Because, frankly, that footage would have been devastating if my friends and co-workers ever got a hold of it. So fanboying aside... There's a lot that we can learn about trading from how Jeopardy! James approached the game. I'm super excited to see what Dan and Hogue have to say about the matter. Last note, if you have a question that you'd like to have us answer on air, or at least in the podcast sense of on air, you should leave us a voicemail at 855-902-0331. That's 855-902-0331. Okay, with that out of the way, why don't we throw it over to Mark Meadows for this week's Market Reaction.
0: Whoa, buddy. Last week, we talked about the run in treasury futures that you should be paying attention to. That continued this week, but then another market took off, gold. In five days, the price shot up $40, or 3.3%. Why? Beats me. The odds of a Fed cut did move higher, meaning that investors may be fearing more inflation will creep into the system. Or... Maybe it's a straight up safe haven play, but then the US dollar wasn't rallying. Also, if this were about inflation, wouldn't oil and other commodity prices be moving higher too? I don't know what's behind it, but I love this volatility, and I hope you do too. The keys are to stay nimble, stay focused, and as we say here at Top Step, always trade for tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Mark. Sometimes the best way to approach a task is to discard everything you thought you knew and then build a new strategy from scratch as if you're learning it for the very first time. What would you have done differently if you weren't biased by the way things have always been done? This is the sort of mindset that game show juggernaut Jeopardy James Holtzauer whoa, that's a lot of J's there, woof recently used to completely dominate a 40 year old game show in a way that was once thought impossible. Now, for this week's Top Step interview, Dan and Hoag will discuss how the same thinking can be applied to markets and market states. Thanks, Jack.
2: These are your two favorite performance coaches, Dan Hodgman, and uh, the one and only senior performance coach,
3: Mr. John Hoagland. Yeah, I much prefer middle-aged performance coach, if you don't mind. I
2: don't know, aren't you pushing senior?
3: Uh, no. No, not yet? No, you not yet. You don't have that AARP card yet no, in the wallet? No, I'm still a sophomore.
2: All right. <laughs> you know, John, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Right now, one of the uh, more popular things kind of coming across the wire in general doesn't really have to do with trading. It has to do with Jeopardy. Uh, we all know Alex Trebek is in a tough situation, but recently they had a contestant, James Holzhauer, who almost just set the record, but in a blistering pace uh, the guy was unbelievable making just some crazy bets he's a professional sports better by yeah, trade right right he uh, ended up just losing out the other day and he was quoted uh, by 538 saying i played every day exactly according to my game plan so i have no regrets
3: well i wouldn't either he did very well
2: right he did very well and i think this quote's awesome because we talk a lot about having a game plan having your trading plan sitting down and having a plan no matter what happens that day. He had a plan, he was making money, he was doing really well, he got the final question right, he just didn't make enough right to beat the other person. How often does that happen in trading where you stick to your plan and you end up losing out on the day?
3: It happens a lot because we don't know what the other participants are doing, we don't know what the day is going to hold. You know, he had a plan, he followed the plan he did exceedingly well by sticking to that plan. He had one losing day.
2: That's awesome.
3: One losing day.
2: And, you know, the best part about it I think so important to recognize or to think about, one losing day, yes, it puts him out of the game, but at the end of the day, one losing day did not hurt his earnings that he made throughout his time on Jeopardy. It's not going to change him as a person, or he's not going to al- allow one loss to dictate everything following
3: well he's a gambler but uh, it's probably a good thing he wasn't allowed to go all in right on that last question right
2: well you know he didn't even bet that much on the final question which is what i found was interesting he, he had the opportunity to bet more and he could have won but he stuck to a plan and his plan said this is how much you are to bet and no more than that and how often do we sit here and think gosh i could you know i i could bet the books on this trade, that S&Ps are going to rally at all-time highs again. But y- you can't come in with that expectation. No. As we always say, manage your expectations.
3: Yeah, we always used to say on the trading floor, risk not thy whole wad. Right. Don't risk it all.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. So you just said he's a professional gambler by trade. And part of like the way he prepped and got prepared for Jeopardy was – Looking at it completely different, looking at, you know, we have to look at the market every day in a new frame of mind, but he came at this in the sense of the way he prepared. Most people would start grabbing some encyclopedias, really digging in deep. Google. Right? He got children's books. He wanted to learn about sharks. He got a children's book that talked about sharks. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, those books, they are so focused on a subject And and that's how he prepped and studied. He kept it. You know, I always one of the big things I always say around here is Barney style. Um, It's a military thing that we used to say all the time in the Marine Corps. Break it down by the numbers. Let's do this Barney style. So in the sense of like do it and explain it and prepare for it like you were teaching a toddler how to do something.
3: And I love that idea because there is so much information about everything out there. If you start at A and learn everything there is to know about aardvarks, you're going to be studying for quite a long time. But if you just take it in chunks, learn a little bit about aardvarks, then move on to beetles, then move on to cats, learn a little bit about each of them every step of the way, before you know it, you're going to have a pretty big knowledge base. But if you try and Learn everything about one thing. You're not going to know anything about the other things. I love the idea of the learning from the children's books because you're going to get a, a, a basic knowledge,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: then move on to the next thing, and then over time you can expand that knowledge.
2: Right. I think I think about it just in like the sense of trading. When I first started, you know, for me it was very simple of just learn to read the dome, watch you know watching the tape, and. One of the first things my dad always told me was every market has a heartbeat, whether it's going up or down or side to side. They kind of build a rhythm. Watch that rhythm, learn the heartbeat a little bit, and just look for your opportunity there. And as I kind of started developing as a trader, I started to learn more about trend trading versus range trading and formulating a plan around what I expect in the market that day. Mm -hmm. And that's really like, I think that's James's concept coming into this was, Keep it really simple. Focus on the big picture, and once you have an idea of the big picture, then you can think a little bit more micro.
3: Yeah, well, you start with, uh, with the with the the fundamentals, and you you build on that. It's the same thing in any performance. If you if you're going to be a baseball player, you'd better learn how to pick up a grounder. Right. And then once you've learned how to pick up a grounder, you're going, you're moving on to the next thing. So you. You go piece by piece, learn everything that you need to know. And nobody knows everything about jeopardy. Nobody knows everything about trading. We it's it's a lifelong opportunity to continue to learn and expand on the things that we know.
2: Absolutely. and I think about it in this the terms of market states, whenever we're sitting down to trade, it, it goes back to James's you know quote that I mentioned there in the beginning, he had a game plan. and so as traders, we got to sit down every day. And make a plan. Formulate a plan as to what we believe. You know, we're expecting out of today. Um, whether we are implementing biases or we're just strictly, you know, I if I'm range trading, this is what I'm looking for. If I'm trend trading, this is what I'm looking for. We got to come in with a plan each and every day. And those plans can be as simple as four or five little things that we're looking for, or they can be as detailed as. An essay, massive paper of uh, expectations, and
3: it's going to be hard to respond to that quickly if need be. Absolutely, but we tend to, uh, you know, think of markets as as one thing, but they are dynamic and they do change. There's days that that they just kind of stay in the same range. There's days when they break out of that range and come into a longer time frame trend, it's knowing or hypothesizing that context about the market that helps us to adapt our strategy to that particular hypothesis. When I sit down after the close... I'm looking at what happened in the S&Ps today, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, how, what direction is it attempting to go? How good of a job is it doing getting there? And what are the hypotheses for tomorrow? What if we open here? What if we open here? What if we open down there? What does that do to the bigger picture? How am I going to respond to that? And when one of those hypotheses tomorrow morning starts to play out, I'll trade to that hypothesis until proven wrong.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I had a question for you on that, John. So when you do prepare, are you're preparing for all different uh, market states and outcomes throughout the day. If not, if you only are preparing for one or two, what happens when everything changes? How do you react to that?
3: Well, there's going to be times when that change will disorient me. And I won't, I won't be able to do anything because I don't have a plan for that. And I'll be patient and I'll wait for something to come to me that offers, uh, you know, a, a, an, an asymmetric opportunity, a cheap trade that offers a bigger profit target. And if it doesn't come to me, that's okay because I know over time I'm going to have a correct hypothesis of market state of market context. And I will find good opportunities in that context. But when things change, if I end up disoriented, like what was that? What just happened there? I wasn't ready for that. I'm hands off until I find some reason for the change in context. And then I'll find a way to get into that context.
2: So let me ask you it this way. I use the word Barney style or the, uh, idea of Barney style a little bit ago. For someone that's new at this industry, how do you teach them to recognize when this is happening? Because it's very easily to mistake, oh, I was just in a bad trade or uh, I had a poor entry for the oh wow the market state has changed so for someone new what would you how do you teach that to them how do you teach them to recognize those emotions
3: well it's it's more of of, a visual recognition you know it, it can be relatively obvious when a market goes from a ranging market state to a possible change to a trending market state right it's going to happen at the extremes the high or the low of the recent ranging activity. So usually I'm telling people, hey, when it gets to this level, this is an opportunity to to either look for, you know, a failure to change from ranging to trending or a possible change to trending away from the current range. So how do you teach somebody emotion and, and feel that's something you've got to let them kind of work out on their own over time, uh, but it's it's a it's a matter of showing people where to look, but n- not necessarily telling them how to look at it.
2: Right. You got to kind of start to learn it yourself, get a feel of that market. Uh, going back to it, get an understanding of the heartbeat or just that screen time and recognizing that, you know, over time, no matter what happens, you're going to get those intuition, the the gut feeling as to what this market's doing. I also think it's important to note that it can... Differ range to trend versus the time frame you're looking at. You know, some people are looking very small time frame, even down to a minute, maybe a five minute chart. Those might show that you're in a trending market until you bring it out to a thirty minute, an hour, or maybe a daily, and you're like, oh no, we are well inside a range here, and now we can utilize those extremes to look at things differently.
3: And the time frame is all part of the bigger context of the of the of the marketplace. You know, you can be looking at a five-minute chart that looks like it's a big trend to the downside. It could really just be a down move in a ranging market in a longer time frame. So it's always about the context.
2: Right. And that's something you and I were talking about last week. We talked about the idea of how to look at the markets in different time frames and uh, how to prepare for everything that's coming at you.
3: Top down. Start every Sunday with the weekly and then go down to the daily and then go down to the hourly, and then go down to the 30-minute. And if you're looking at contexts that are smaller than that, remember that's your time frame. That's that's the time frame you need to trade in.
2: And I always think if you got the, the screen space, make sure you're having those higher time frames up. I love keeping up the daily. First thing I'm always referring to, even if I'm watching the 30-minute, I refer to the daily to keep myself in check and go, Oh yes, okay. Now I know where, where where we're at on a daily time frame, so that I can go back to my thirty minute, and then I can have that second thought of, oh wait, no, that that isn't a great trade choice, or that is a good good opportunity there.
3: Got to have the daily up. I mean you know, it's if it's in a trending direction on the daily, it can really help your day trading by knowing that context. You're going to be able to recognize the the areas of, of apparent weakness in the market where hey, it looks like it may go lower that those are the those are your opportunities to get into the bigger longer time frame trend to the upside. It's also going to it's also going to keep your risk cheaper because you're trading near the low of that channel.
2: Right, and I think you know the my favorite part about the day time frame is that's the closest point to reset for every market because they do they stop for a moment and they established settlement price we get an idea of our open interest we get an idea of true volume that came in we get true facts from the market whereas if you're looking at an hourly yes you get an idea but what is what was the open interest in that specific that's not as common but when we get this idea of our daily everything stops mark the marketplaces come out and give us all the information that came out today or from the prior day right and we have a true we have a true fact based information. Yeah, coming it's like out. it's
3: like a little capsule of information. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Where you don't get that on a thirty minute or an hour or five minute or a four hour or whatever you're looking at. You don't get that. And I think the daily to me is just the most important chart we're ever gonna look at.
3: And if you're not looking at it, you're missing a part of the bigger picture. You're missing a part of the longer time frame context.
2: Right. And even as day traders, You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm not trading multiple days and totally understand that. But just having that idea, that concept, that understanding of what's going on on a higher time frame before you're looking at that shorter, that lower time frame, that's going to help
3: you out. Absolutely. Any information you can get from the higher time frame can really help keep your risk manageable in in a shorter time frame, as well as give you better trade locations and opportunities to profit.
2: Right, and then it all goes back to what we said in the beginning, having that game plan. Part of that game plan is making sure you're sitting down, looking at those high fr- time frames, looking at the daily, getting an idea, and then for sure, bring it down to what you're more comfortable looking at and uh, formulate your plans around those two bases.
3: Yeah, and I mean, another, another kind of context or... Kind of piece of the market is 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 volatility. You know, uh, there's a lot of professional traders out there that have a very difficult time managing outright positions in in volatile periods. The difference between the the professional and and the retail trader is the professional's already aware of the fact that he's not going to be as crisp or as sharp or as close to the edges in volatile periods whereas the 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 average retail trader doesn't have the experience to know how to handle a market that is that volatile so you know there's there's the 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 context of is the market ranging or is it trending, there's also the size of the market. Recognizing when the size of the market is expanding or contracting is also important information.
2: Right. And, and once that volatility increases, you got to think about what kind of risk am I actually able to take? What's my risk tolerance? What's my ability to handle those bigger PL and for, for, for each and every trade? If you're not comfortable taking a little bit of more heat, you got to recognize that and say, that's not part of my plan. It all goes back to that plan. If your plan says, you know, you're comfortable at $200 a risk per contract in a trade, and you're seeing way more volatility and way more risk in that market, you got to be able to recognize that and say, not part of my plan, I'm gonna step down. Wait for the dust to settle. Yeah,
3: wait till the wait till the market aligns with my strategy. Because I've, I'm, if I have to change my strategy in a quickly changing, volatile marketplace, I'm gonna be really struggling to do so. And, and oh, trade size. If you're normally a five or a ten lot trader, you may want to think about reducing to a one or a two lot trader in times of volatility. And aside from that, volatility tends to create emotion. People tend to think that they need to respond a lot faster and a lot more often in volatile markets. It's been my experience that the opposite is true. I need to stay very calm, very collected, and wait for the market basically to say, yeah, you got to take this instead of saying, market, I'm going to make this happen.
2: I I was just going to say the exact same thing. And that volatility increases that for me is a quick sign to just slow down a second. Just slow down. And crude oil has been, as of late, a wild market. We are seeing multiple $2, $3, $3 ranges. Mm-hmm. And it's very quick to want to get involved when you see that quick move happening. But more times than not, that volatility is going to spike. The market's going to run really fast. It's going to eat up whether it's long or short, it's getting in there really fast, mm-hmm. retrace to right back towards where it began, and then give you an opportunity to find a better entry. We say it all the time here at Top Step don't trade economic releases until a minute before, minute before, minute after. That minute after kind of gives you a second to let it relax, and come back to a better entry point. Right,
3: and it gives you a little bit of possible short time frame context to get a better trade location. Don't get us wrong. There are times when a quick response might be the right thing to do, but you're also going to be expanding risk. So- reduce your trade size. Right.
2: And it goes back to like you kind of mentioned, if you're you're trading outrights like this and that volatility spikes, you're adding that risk on. You're not able to cover yourself, so you instantly add that risk. And you got to be cautious of that.
3: Yep. No doubt about it.
2: Sweet. I like doing
3: these. I do too. I do too.
2: Well, John, it's always a pleasure to sit down with you. And uh, for those that don't haven't checked him out, go check out that James Holzhauer. He was crushing it on Jeopardy. It was pretty fun to watch. And I just think hearing his story about how he prepared, how he educated himself in the sense of reading children's book, mind-blowing. But now I look back on it, it's, it makes complete sense. And
3: I love the fact that he actually had a plan. I would think most people would just go on there and think, well, my, my plan is to be right.
2: Right, I I need to hit that buzzer as fast as possible Answer the question right away Instead he was slow and methodical Recognizing that people were Volatility is going to be up Because people are going to be antsy And if he can just keep his composure Focus on the plan He's going to get through And get paid astronomical amounts of money Over the last month, month and a half it's been
3: Yeah, no, it was a heck of a run I know Nice job
2: Right? Well awesome, John Uh, Thanks for sitting down
3: Thanks for having me
1: My pleasure. (laughs) Traders, thank you for making it all the way to the final Jeopardy segment of the Limit Up podcast, so to speak. Let's close our practice today with a giant group breath and a little dose of trader therapy. This is a safe place that you're in. We're all relaxed, we're all connected. Are you comfortable? Good. Now stop adding to losing trades! I apologize for that outburst. I know this place is meant to be a sanctuary. But seriously, everyone, use your retirement account if you plan on adding to losers. As far as trading, futures, or forex, Adding to losers is rarely a good idea. Do you happen to know something that the market doesn't? Well, then by all means, please add to your position. But blindly fading moves? Well, that, my friend, is a recipe for disaster. Trust me, I've been burnt too many times playing the same game. Instead, let us focus our group energy on adding to winners, and let the losers disappear into nothingness. I invite you all to now begin to become aware of your surroundings and take one last communal breath as we approach the end of the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. The whole gang will be back in the studio for a brand new podcast next week. So until then, namaste and trade well.
0: This episode was produced by Dante32.
3: We talk a lot about having a game plan, having your trading plan, sitting
2: down and having a plan no matter what happens that day. He had a plan. He was making money. He was doing really well. He got the final question right. He just didn't make enough to beat the other person. How often does that happen in trading where you stick to your plan and you end up losing out on the day?